Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, speaker, and co-founder of EMC2 Learning, the greatest community of educators around. Seriously, folks, we'd love for you to stop on by emc2learning.com and check it out. Today, on Well Played, which is part of On Podcast Media Network, we are diving into getting summer started right. We have some summer goals and we want to talk about them and I want to sort of help you guys map out a little bit of your summer in terms of the professional side of things. I'm going to assume you got some of the other parts all set and good to go. Uh, All right, so first off, it's summer. You just had a crazy year uh, with COVID and all that was COVID with some of you being online, some of you being in person, some of you being hybrid, just like me. That was quite the year. So first off, take it easy. Decompress a little bit. Give yourself some space a little bit from the school year. Read some other books. Do some do some things you love. Uh, I would say it would take probably a good week to sort of decompress from that. So don't worry about immediately hitting into what you can do for next year. But after you sort of decompressed or or while you're decompressing, you might want to take a look at your schedule. What time do you have available to you? I know as a parent myself, there's all sorts of running around your kid to this camp, that camp. There's also the intentional family time you want to spend with your family and you get to, you know, do the campfire and those kind of things. But mapping out a little bit of your time, seeing what what do you have available for you to sort of amp your next year up a little bit. So I would recommend taking a little bit of that time, whatever that free time you've carved for yourself, that you get to do some of the things that you want to do. Um uh, Once you find that time, list some of the things that you want to fill that time with that are important to you. So, for example, for me this summer, super excited to play some games. Uh, Lots of my friends have become vaccinated, and so we're kind of gathering a little bit with other vaccinated folks and playing some board games again. Man, does that feel good to sort of return to a sense of normalcy as well as get back to one of my all-time favorite hobbies, playing some board games, trying some new ones out, dusting off some of the ones I got during COVID but was unable to play due to the fact that no one was around. Uh, Man, COVID really, really took us for, for all we were worth, I think kind of stinks but uh, yeah so I'm gonna dust those off play those and that that's maybe that's not your thing but uh, kind of I would suggest if you can maybe picking up a board game or two or a video game or two so you can kind of look around and see some of the mechanics that are at play video games are obviously a lot quicker to see that and do that board games are also a wholesome and great way to sort of learn about new game mechanics and different ideas and kind of gets you in that playful spirit. So I would strongly recommend doing that anyways. The other thing I'm excited to do, obviously, is cook some food. Some of you know that summer is a great time for me to try new recipes. But ultimately what that does, both these things, the playing and the cooking, get me in the right headspace to get down to thinking about my classroom. And you might be sitting there saying, what is he talking about? 
Uh, but I got to tell you, it's so true because here it is. Playing the board games get me in that playful spirit, that creative mind. And then cooking uh, allows me to see what that bit of intentionality will do in my life. Because when I'm intentional looking at new recipes and I find those new recipes and then I make sure that I go to the store and have all those things so that the next two days I can cook these new recipes for friends, family, for myself, whatever. But uh, And then that creative space again of going kind of zero to 60 on something I didn't know. I didn't know how to cook this recipe. Now, zero to 60, I have a delicious meal serving it for friends and family. Both these things, playing of the game, cooking of the food, put you, or at least put me, in that right mindset. And I want to think, have you think a little bit, what is it that puts you in that right mindset? Um, because that's that's going to be important for this next phase. And really, all right, the rest of this, this podcast uh, is about developing our games. And there's lots of different paths you can do. Now, you might be brand new to gamification. You might have just discovered it. You might have read my book. You might have read John Meehan's book. You might have checked out a blog post or whatnot, heard some of these podcasts, and really wanted to start diving into gamification. That might be you. Or you might be a long-time vet. We have some of those listening on this uh, podcast all the time. And so that might be you. So you might be into pruning your game, thinking about what can we take out to streamline it, to make it a little more efficient, a little better, both experience for you and your students. That's going to be an important thing to think about this summer is pruning your game if you're that veteran. Also, when you prune it, is there anything you're going to try in its place? And now let's swing back to that, again, beginner gamifier. If that's you, you're, you might be sitting here just scratching your head on theme, where to get started. And I definitely suggest all of you take that time. Think through some themes that would kind of captivate you. Because ultimately, if you're a brand new gamifier, the thing that you're going to want to start thinking about is that theme. And what I mean by theme is something that you're going to be excited to even use that language. Because by and large, the gamified class, one of the biggest pieces of the gamified class is your changed language. You're going to be substituting some of the language in your class in terms of homework, tests, quizzes, projects, going to the locker, everything might get wrapped up into your theme. So, for example, uh, science teacher teaches across the hall from me, uh, if students want to leave the classroom, go to their locker, get a drink of water, whatever, she calls that an off-base expedition. It is a card they can get and use and decide when they want to play it. I think it has three uses on her card, and so they have to kind of time when they want to use that and, and how valuable that is. But this off-base expedition works for her theme, right? You're going to want to start thinking that way, and you ultimately biggest suggestion for you guys is you're going to want to choose a theme you love. I cannot stress this enough because you're going to have to bring that language. You're going to have to care to say off-base expedition. You're going to have to care to call your homework whatever you call it. If you kind of break the, the, the glass a little bit and they can see behind the screen a little bit and see you when you say like, I, you know, just do your homework or whatever. You don't want to like drop out a character. And I don't mean that you have to be super theatrical. So if you're listening to this and saying, I can't do this again, choose a thing that excites you. You like space, do space. You like sports, do the Olympics, right? Do whatever 
clicks in for you, and I guarantee you it's going to work. If you're a new gamifier, again, you could start off thinking about just a single unit. Maybe it's the second unit of the year. Maybe it's the first unit of the year. And then see the feedback from the students. See if you want to kind of amp it or continue it or create a new theme for another unit. Because you can do unit-by-unit games. You can make each unit a particular game. Maybe have an overall leaderboard for all the games. That would be kind of cool. Your choice. You could do it anything you want. All right, next thing I wanted to kind of discuss and look at is some of the things you might want to add to your game, whether you're new or whether you're that veteran. We got new items, new mechanics, and possibly new themes. Now, I just was hitting on themes. What I mean by that is if you are already a gamifier, are there little vignettes you can do? When I began my game, I just did the Realm of Nobles, and we were in this medieval, you know, land and the king had died, and we're vying for power here. And that my whole game was that, and there wasn't any other storylines. Then we just did our history homework, and I called it various things, and we did guild challenges, which were just really like group activities, right? It was just a lot of renaming. And that, and that worked. So keep in mind, that worked. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, I want you to hear how little my game was. And I had a few items in there. To start with, I think I had like three three items. And kids loved it. But for those veteran gamifiers, or maybe you just finished the odometer, clicked over year one. Maybe you just finished your year one. Congratulations, if that's you. What I'm going to say is when we talk about new themes, I'm talking about over time I added many vignettes. So now each chapter each unit of my game uh, has its own sort of storyline inside realm of nobles that took me years so keep in mind this wasn't right away and also i want you to know kids are tremendously resilient in terms of your story and and how it makes sense so i will point out when i made vignettes i didn't do it for all the units i didn't sit down in summer and say like all right i have 10 units let's make 10 vignettes inside the story of realm of nobles while that would be amazing if you could do it, it was all that would also be super scary to me. I don't, I don't want to do that at all. Uh, so I will be honest. I made I think three vignettes, maybe even two, and then the rest operated like it used to. And the kids were cool with the fact that we're in Realm of Nobles, we're doing the normal Realm of Nobles things. But after about two units, the third unit had one of these vignettes. Things changed a little bit in. In, in the realm and there were you know bad things befell the realm and there was these things that they had to take care of in that particular unit and then we went back to normal for two three units and then we had another sort of vignette and those are nice especially if you're doing that year-long game a little shot in the arm of excitement so definitely think about doing that again if you're in the new game of fire just work on your overall theme and be okay with that lean into that get excited about that now, building off of new themes, or just if you're a new gamifier, I want you to think about items. Now, you do not have to begin with items, but they are my favorite part. I absolutely love items and power-ups and whatnot. You can really trick out your game, and it's a space and place where your theme can really shine because you can create these. If you're using EMC2, we have six sort of different thematic templates from futuristic to sort of olden times. 
uh, item templates that are super simple that you can kind of just drag and drop some imagery and then change some text and boom, you have your very own item. I, I strongly recommend this because again, it really can be a space and place where your game blossoms and kids kind of get into it. It's got that car, collectible card game sort of feel. You don't necessarily have to do that, but there are all sorts of ideas around that. If you've come to explore like a pirate's uh, Twitter chat, XP lap, uh, some of the people on there suggest some uh, free card Friday. I love that where like a new card gets introduced every Friday. Uh, some sort of Wednesday card giveaway. I've seen that. I've also seen people actually literally take two or three or four or five items and put them inside uh, aluminum foil and sort of wrap it up and give kids that experience of kind of on, you know, wrapping a game. Uh, and I, I don't do that, but that sounds so cool to me. It's so intriguing to me. And if that, if that idea tickles your fancy, go run with it. If you want to join the XP Lab community, we meet on Tuesdays at 9 Central Standard Time. Uh, it's a half-hour chat. Great community. Definitely a place to get ideas. All right. If you're an old game of fire, if, if you're a veteran of it, I would definitely suggest you look at adding some new items. Think about some of the games you play. In fact, go back to the beginning of this podcast where I suggested I'm going to play some games and cook some food. You do the same. Play some games, cook some food, and I guarantee you you're going to come up with a new item that can kind of click into your game. Uh, think about making a game, uh, an item that's like multi-tiered or multi-layered. Maybe you need two or three of the item to truly take effect. That's a great mechanic to use. Or look at the items you already have if you're that veteran gamifier. Is there any that you could spin into like a level two and a level three? Or do any of them work together? Could you say if you have this? I love taking a powerful item that gets fed by lower items, right? So like it becomes more and more powerful. Like you have this sword and shield combination, but if you can get like, I don't know, armor, you know, the more armor plates you have, the better. And so all of a sudden it's like these kids are collecting these armor plates to really feed the all-powerful item. That kind of thing works really well. Or requirement items. I have a bunch of items that work on. I have a fire badge. And it's just this idea that they've invented fire and they can use fire. And so a lot of my items say that it does X. Let's say it says it adds, you know, 10 to your battle points. So when you're doing, when you're battling a boss, it adds 10 points. All right. But it says if you have fire, it adds 20. Ooh. And then kids are like, well, how do I get the fire badge? Like, right, you, you now see these items that can get stronger based on another mechanic. So think about layering mechanics like that. And that brings me to my last suggestion of this sort of short solo podcast here. Again, still would love to hear some feedback. Uh, the last few have been solo podcasts. Again, we're going to be coming back to some guest ones coming up. But I just wanted to try this format. Love to hear from you. The last one I want to talk about is new mechanics in general. Are you going to add a whole new mechanic? So this is a great one for those of you that finished your first year. Now, if you're a new game of fire, everything is a new mechanic. So I'm not really going to talk to you because anything you add would be new. I would suggest starting small. Again, maybe XP, maybe a leaderboard, maybe items. Done. 
or maybe no items, badges. Badges and items kind of interchangeable there. Okay, nonetheless, to the bigger Game of Fire, the veteran Game of Fire, but the one that's only done it like a year or two. You know, if you just listen to the advice we gave to the young, new, fresh Game of Fires, we said start small. That was the same advice I gave you probably two years ago. Now that you've done it and you started small, you did your game, you had your XP, you had your leaderboard, uh, but maybe maybe that's where you stopped. Or maybe you just had items. Or maybe you just had badges. You get the point. You stopped because I told you, take it slow. Now, now that you're a veteran, how are you going to dial that game up? Are you going to add items to your game? Are you going to add badges to your game? Are you going to add some sort of adventure path to your game? Are you going to add some boss battles to your game? There's so much you could add. Don't do it all. Again, sort of start small. Turn that dial up a little bit. One click, maybe two clicks. Add one or two things. See how it goes. But I want you to take this summer to think through that, especially right here, right out of the gate, right at the beginning of summer, so that you take the time to sort of let it marinate. Think about these ideas. Play those games. Cook some food. You get the idea, right? And when you kind of let that marinate, then when you look at that schedule that we talked about and you have set amount of free time that you're not playing with your kids, that you're not like going over to your friend's house, that you're not in the cottage, uh, whatever the case may be, you have this time. It's your time to, that you're in control of. Whether you have to get up a little early, whether you stay up a little late after the kids go to bed, whether you tell yourself we're not watching Tuesday, Tuesday TV, we're going to use that time to create, uh, whatever it may be, how are you going to use that time to add to your game? And to add a mechanic to your game. And once you do, once you add that mechanic, the floodgates open on all the other aspects of the game. Because once you make a new mechanic, there can be new items. There's new language. There can be new themes. There could be, this, this is, could be the introduction of a vignette in your game. So now you have those new themes. All of it sort of flows from adding that one piece. By adding one piece, you, add, you can add so much more. So... Really, truly, it is my hope that you guys this summer start to think about how to use your summer intentionally, slowly, over the course of the whole summer so that you can build that bigger, better experience for your students next year. Make it a little smoother. Make it meaningful and manageable for your kiddos. All right, everybody. I want to just, again, say a huge thanks for all of you that are always returners to this podcast. If you could do me a huge favor and share this podcast and get the word out about Well Played Podcast, as well as EMC2 Learning, we so want you guys to join in the tent that is that because we have so many great activities that are already gamified for you. All right, everybody. Once again, I'm Michael Matero, and I want you to enjoy your week and play on. <laughs>